0: Good morning. Well, I am on to some of you. I know that you came today just because someone else really, really wanted you to come to church on Easter. Mom or dad or husband or wife said, come on, it's Easter, just come. You're here on a day when most people think about, hey, let's go to church today. It's Easter Sunday. But I bet there are people in this room, when I tell the story of a a person named Jesus Christ who was dead and literally, we believe, came up from the grave who was dead, everything flatlined, finished, done, body starting to decay, and he comes back to life, you might think, that sounds like nonsense. I mean, somebody coming back to life? That just doesn't happen, especially after three days. You might be thinking, well, I came from mom or dad or brother or sister or grandma or grandpa or husband or wife, but... I don't really believe this stuff. Or maybe you don't live like you believe this stuff. We're going to look at an episode that happened in Scripture right after Jesus rose from the dead. Because as we'll quickly see that the people who were surrounded by this event called the resurrection were changed. Their lives were defined by it from then on out. The resurrection changed the people's lives. It redefined their lives for those who experienced it. The resurrection is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the first four books of the New Testament. They're called the Gospels. It tells the story of the life and times of Jesus Christ. There's some Bibles coming up and down the aisles right now. If you don't have a Bible, please just let the ushers know that you'd like one. You can have one. It's yours to keep, or you can read along. It's on page 734 and 735 in those books. It's also going to be on the screen as well. I'm going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 24, starting at verse 1. And what's happening in this episode is Jesus has already been crucified. He's already died. Now, just a week prior to this, what I'm going to read, Jesus was very much alive, coming into the city of Jerusalem on with great fanfare that's what's called palm sunday because they laid the palm branches down and he came into the town as if he was going to be the king they thought here comes hosanna here comes the king he's going to live forever he's going to set up this kingdom that's what they're all thinking and here they are seven days later and jesus is in the tomb he's dead so they think Now, just imagine, they've been following him around for three years. They've altered their lives for him. This is a traumatic time. This is a time when they're at the lowest of the low they could ever be because their leader is dead. They saw that happen. And then, as was customary in those days, these women who had followed Jesus for for several years go to the tomb to send Jesus out in style. They go to put spices on his body. I don't know all the reasons they did that. It probably started to stink about then. So they're in there bringing the spices to put on Jesus' body so, so they can do what was customary for them. And then they discover something when they get into the tomb that's recorded, beginning in Luke 24, verse 1, when they go in thinking it's all over. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they'd prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men be crucified and on the 3rd day be raised again so they're in the tomb looking for something that's not there they're expecting to find a dead body so they can go through their ritualistic their their, their rituals their customs and put spices on it but what they were looking for wasn't even there they're in the right place you go to a tomb to find a dead body, but what they thought they would find wasn't there. See, they had, they had forgotten what Jesus had told them. They were looking in the wrong place. And a lot of times in our lives, don't we look in the wrong place for the right thing? We're looking for fulfillment, we're looking for happiness, we're looking for life to have some meaning, so where do we go look? Well, different places. Maybe if I accumulate enough possessions, hey, then I'll have some meaning in life. That's a good thing to look for is meaning in life, but oftentimes we're looking in the wrong place well, hey, if I could just look just right, if I could just get this body in the right condition and the right shape and the stomach be where it's supposed to be and back here be where it's supposed to be and all that stuff, then life would have meaning if I could just get there. Well, that's good things to look for, but oftentimes we're looking in the wrong place for the right thing. Some people live their lives for other people. They live their lives just totally thinking that this other person's going to fulfill me and they're going to make me whole, and, and they're going to make my life complete. But that's really not what another, per, another relationship of another, with another person is supposed to do, not to complete you. But we look there for, for completion, or maybe our career. Hey, if I could just get the right career, get the right kind of job then my life will be complete. See, people go day after day looking for the right things. Completion, happiness, fulfillment. Nothing wrong with seeking those things. God wants everybody to have those things. But more often than not, we look in the wrong place. It's not because we're stupid, because... We know, don't don't we know that those things don't fill us up? Because if having things or all those things filled us up, then the people with all the looks and the money and the careers and the great and the relationships, they would be the happiest people on earth, right? They would. Well, hey, all you got to do to be happy is get the right job or marry the right person and, or, or, or have the right amount of money or the right house or whatever, right possessions. If you can get a hold of those things, then all of a sudden life is going to have me. We know that's not true because we see people with those things who are unhappy. We see people with those things that life means nothing to them. But we get in our day-to-day and start in the day-to-day churn and, and we forget Just like these ladies forgot that Jesus had said, hey, I'm going to raise from the dead. Well, they forgot about all that because they went looking for a dead body. Wait a minute, didn't Jesus just just tell them days before that if his body was destroyed, he would raise it up again in three days? But they had forgotten. The same thing happens to us in life. We forget that those things of this life don't don't fill us up. They don't give us ultimately what we need. Uh, it's so easy to forget. My grandfather used to tell me all the time, son, you got a real good forgettery. You know, he, he would ask me to do something. And I'd say, oh, Pap, I'm sorry I forgot. Well, you got a great forgettery. I thought, Was that a compliment? I'm not sure. Several years ago, I got this idea that I needed a motorcycle. My like, guys, come on, who needs a motorcycle? Yes, men, come on, we need those things. And so the second or third time out on this motorcycle, I hit the ground at a fairly high rate of speed with my head, had a helmet and everything on, but it caused a concussion, which means that there's a day of my life. I I don't remember. People tell me what I said. I mean, the staff had a blast because I called them all like five times each. You never believe what happened to me today. And they would, I don't remember telling them that, but they would say, you called me five times and said, hey, guess what happened? Hey, guess what happened? And I said, like, what did you say? Well, they said, well, we just listened and let you go through the story again. And Rob, another guy on staff, was like, like the fifth time you called, you said, have I told you this before? <laughs> no, go ahead. So I tell the whole story. I remember in the hospital, I can remember this one little, I've got little glimpses of the day. And in the hospital, I'm looking at my beautiful wife, and it's May the, or March the 10th. Her birthday is March the 1st, and she's by this calendar on the wall that's digital, so it's got the day up there, and it says March 10th. And in my mind, because if you ever had a concussion, it's just kind of freaky, you know. Your mind's all squirrely up there. You know what's going on, and, and I'm looking at this calendar, and all I could think of was I forgot her birthday. Now I didn't. We'd gone out for a date and had a great evening. I couldn't remember it, but I was sitting there like, Totally scared to death. Like, okay, am I in the hospital because I forgot my wife's birthday? Is there a connection here? A lot of us experience emotional and spiritual concussions. And we forget what life is really supposed to be about. Just like these ladies forgot. Jesus said he was going to get up from the grave. It it says in in Luke 24, when it gets down to verse 8. After... After the, the guys, the angels, the two guys in the tomb with them, quote what Jesus said. It says, they remembered his words. You could just see them looking at each other like, light bulb. That's right. He did say that. He did say he was going to get up from the grave. And in that one moment, they realized Jesus is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. Now, what if, what if all of a sudden you realize in a moment, what if that was today, Jesus can really provide for my life all the things that people say that he provides for them? What if? What if all of a sudden you remember, maybe you've known Christ for a while and you've forgotten that, and all of a sudden you remember? Or you remember what grandma or grandpa told you as a kid, and all of a sudden it's like, he, I remember, yes, he can provide for my life what my life really needs, even though I'm searching for the right things, I'm doing it in all the wrong ways. And here's this person, Jesus Christ, who said he was going to raise from the dead. He did raise from the dead and forever changed those people's lives who got to experience that. Can he change my life the same way? You bet he can. So the rest of the story, they run back to where the apostles are. There's only 11 of them at this point. 11 guys in a room and in a house, and they run to this house, and they come in, and and can you just imagine these women? How excited, like, you are not going to believe this. You are not going to believe it. Jesus is not in the tomb. And here's how the episode's recorded in Luke 24. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna. Mary, mother of James, and others with them who had told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Now these are the guys that watch Jesus perform miracle after miracle and speak and people just be captivated by his words. These are the guys who had left everything to follow Jesus Christ. And it says their words seem like nonsense. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now, if you're in the women's shoes and you're going into this room to tell people that, hey, the guy that you saw die, he got up from the grave. Somehow that big stone got rolled away, and he's alive. Now, when you hear news sometimes that you think, I I can't believe it, that's unbelievable. Have you ever heard that I mean something that you just think that's unbelievable I just I can't wrap my brain around it there's too much coming at me at one time. Unfortunately, I've had to sit with people and deliver very very sad news or sit with them while they got sad news about a loved one dying or a tragic accident that where someone lost the life they were close to or something horrible has happened and 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 every time every time they say please tell me this is not true this can't be happening. And if you've ever been in the middle of a tragedy, that's your first reaction. Well, this can't be happening. This just can't be happening. I sat with a family once, this couple in their late 20s, and their seven-year-old daughter, they had to decide to pull the life support because she had gotten injured in a car accident. And the mother is just saying, Donnie, this can't be real. This can't be real. And and that's all she could get out. This can't be real. This can't be real. Our emotions, sometimes we just can't take too much information. And here are these men who had followed Jesus Christ. He was their friend. He was their teacher. They loved him. He was like a part of the family, like their father. And they watch him die. And then somebody comes in and says, hey, no, no, he's alive. He got up from the grave. You can see how our a, a human mind could say, that's nonsense. That, stu- that doesn't happen. People don't get up from the grave after they die, especially after three days. They couldn't even believe it. They couldn't even fathom that it possibly could happen. Jesus knows the limitations of our Of our minds like what we can take in and what we can believe and that's why he was always saying you have little faith you have little faith other places Jesus said why why are you so afraid why are you afraid why do you doubt things that require faith sometimes seem like nonsense in fact let me say it this way faith can't make sense or it's really not faith. Because if it makes sense, like to these people, oh yeah, that makes sense, somebody would get up from the grave. It happens all the time. Well, that doesn't make sense. But by, because of their faith, they, they eventually believed it. So in my life, if, if I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have to trust in things sometimes that don't make any sense. See, because if you could see the outcome, if you could see the, down the road, if you could see how this was going to lead to this and then this was going to lead to this, well, that wouldn't require faith. You know, I don't have to have a lot of faith that these chairs are red because I'm not colorblind and I know they are red. But there may be other things in life that you just have to decide that they don't make any sense. They may seem like nonsense. This whole story to you might seem like it's nonsense. I remember when Cinda and I first felt like God was just pulling us into church planting. And when when you're pulled into church planting, what I found out is that means you're not going to get a paycheck. (laughs) That's really what it means. I hadn't thought about that part at the beginning. I was just like, that's what God wants me to do. and Oh, for free? I got to start out for free? Okay, well. So we did. And I had a person come to me who was up until that point a spiritual leader in my life since then he hasn't been and i don't really respect his leadership because he said how are you going to pay your bills I, said, I don't know not sure how are you going to make your mortgage well not sure how about send the two little kids at home how are you going to handle that not sure still working on it at the end of that conversation he said you're a fool you're a fool and i was trying to explain well i really believe first time in my life god is just clearly doing this and he said you're a fool and from a, from a human, worldly perspective, it doesn't make any sense to do something like that. And that's what faith looks like. It may not make any sense when we say, get in a small group, get connected with other people, and then your life's going to change. You may go, yeah, right, I don't like people. So how's that going to work? And I would agree with you, there are some very difficult people in the world. There's some people that are just not enjoyable to be around. But when you get in relationship with others, somehow life just seems to work better. Especially when it's people who share the same faith that you have and are looking for the same things. And it's like, how does that work? I don't know, but it works. It may seem like nonsense to you. Followers of Christ are asked in Scripture to give back to God. Money. To give money back to God through local church. We're asked to do that. And you may think, oh, well, churches have to ask for money. Well, we do, but God says to do it. God says to give. And you may think, well, it's nonsense to think if I give money, something good's going to come in return. That's what the Bible says. That may not mean you get money in return or the Mercedes or whatever you've always been wanting, but it means you're going to get something. It might just be the peace in knowing that, hey, I'm a generous person now. How does that work? I don't know. It might seem like nonsense to people. How can coming to church and sitting in these chairs and listening to music and watching videos and hearing somebody talk and laughing a little bit and going home change my life? It works. I see it all the time. And that may seem like total nonsense to you, but it works. Just like when these women told the apostles, Jesus has been raised from the dead, their first response was, Nonsense. (laughs) You're crazy you may feel the same kinds of things and that would be natural if you did when we say do this and this will happen you're thinking yeah right i tried that didn't work or that just seems totally crazy in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 it says that to those who are perishing the the message of Christ the gospel seems foolish seems like nonsense it's foolishness doesn't make sense to some people, to people who don't believe in it. Yeah. And see, Luke wrote this, what, what we've read in Luke 24, not because he was there, but he wrote it based on some interviews that he had had quite possibly with some of these women As he talked and researched after the fact and said, tell me what happened. And you can just see, like in an interview, these women saying, we went to the grave and we were going to put spices on Jesus and he was gone and we found out it's true and we go back and we try to tell these guys and they don't believe us. And Peter, who would end up being the first sanctioned leader by Christ of the church, As they're all saying nonsense, he's kind of slipping towards the door so he can run and find out is this true? Is Jesus gone? He finds out Jesus' body is gone, but it still says he walked away wondering, well, what's happened here? He had also forgotten. He had also forgotten that Jesus said, hey, this is all going to happen. It still seemed like, just, is this nonsense? See, maybe this is not your first time at church here. Maybe it's your second or third or tenth or fiftieth and you you keep coming back. Maybe you just keep coming back and you're not sure why. Maybe it's because some things might seem like nonsense, but deep down inside it's like, okay, in the middle of all this cool stuff, maybe there's something deeper in there that's going to help me in my life that's going to help me find that fulfillment and that grace. Could all this nonsense really, really be true? Well, it was for the people we just read about in Luke 24. It changed their life. The resurrection changed the lives of those people who were surrounded by it, and God wants the resurrection to change and redefine me. So whatever you're looking for in life today... Think about right now, what are you looking for that doesn't provide life? Just like the ladies were in the tomb looking for expecting death, but the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? What are you looking for that's not meant to provide life? What are you investing in that's not meant to fill you up? Yes, enjoy it. Yes, have fun. All that stuff God's fine with. But what are you looking for ultimately to fill you up inside? but coming up empty every single time. See, we know that all that stuff I talked about doesn't fill us up, but somewhere along the line, we forgot. And like for the women when it says they remembered what Jesus had said, the power of the resurrection changed their life. The power of the resurrection, that same power, can change your life too. Even, even as nonsensical as it may sound, it can change your life. Maybe you've never taken that step into the family of God. Maybe you're a person who did take that step, and you just have to remember: yes, that's right. This stuff does make a difference in my life. And if you're one of the people you've never taken that step and said, "Okay, I want in. I, I want to have this relationship with Jesus Christ." If you've never done that, I would I would love to talk to you after the service or sometime. Just check on the back of your "What's Up" card, if nothing else, so we can talk about. What does it mean to take these steps and be in the family of God and give my life to Christ and claim the power of the resurrection? If you check the back of that what's up card or you come up to me or Mark or Eddie today, we would love to talk to you about that decision and help guide you through it. And I know today that this is kind of a one-shot deal. Like we, we realize some people are just going to show up today because, hey, it's Easter Sunday. You're just showing up to church. But I want to challenge you. The band's coming down right now, and they're going to play another song in just a moment. As they're doing that, there's some cards going around. And those cards have a big number on them, the number five. And here's what we want you to do. We want you—we want to take this opportunity to challenge you over the next five weeks to commit to something. Now, for some of you, it's just, just come back to church for five weeks. Can you just hit five weeks in a row? That's all we're asking. We're getting ready to start a new series about our identity. It's called, Who Do You Think You Are? And it's about what God's purposes are for each of our lives. He's just come for five weeks and watch what happens. But some of you, you're going to come the next five weeks anyway because, hey, you're part of this church and doors are open and you're going to be here. Well, maybe there's something you need to commit to over the next five weeks. On the back of that card that says, Try Five on the front, just put this somewhere. Stick it in your wallet. Put it on your dashboard. No, don't stick it in your wallet. You'll forget about it. Put it on your dashboard. Put it on your mirror. On the back, it says one thing, five weeks, commit. And there are other things on there that you could commit to if it's not just coming to church. But I want to challenge everybody. Give it five weeks. And you will be able to start to see the power of the resurrection in your life. And if you don't, My email address on the back of the program. You email me and you say, you know what? I gave it five weeks and not one thing happened. I want to hear the story. If you made a five-week commitment, nothing happened. So for those of you especially who are here just checking us out and just coming for the first time today, give us the next five weeks as we continue to celebrate and go through the scriptures about who we are and what God created us to be. And as our church goes through some huge changes that God's provided for us. And watch what happens over the next five weeks. Try five weeks and watch what God does with it. God, thank you so much for the story of those faithful women that went into the tomb and came out changed. May we be able to celebrate your resurrection every day of our lives. In Jesus' name.